garbage film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we'll decide to take this week's movie and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least are entertained, and that you don't leave. That's a little hint about what we'll be talking about later. You know, all of our listeners can probably read, right? <laughs> Do you know that? I don't know. I'm. This is for the illiterate crowd. I'm, I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the demographic I'm courting. <laughs> and who am I? You might ask. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick, and with me, as always, is the seat of my mountain, the blue green ever changing dress to my same suit every single day. Aaron is here. Hello. Hello. I did a nice one and a silly one. <laughs> Sometimes they're both. Yeah. I do like that dress though, so I appreciate that. Very good. How are you today? I'm well. I'm staring at you. You're, you're, there's a window behind you, and it's very sunny, so you just have this like very Park Chan-wook-type illuminated <laughs> presence right now. It's nice. It's your, very good. Your reality is becoming very stylized visually. Yes, yeah. I'm seeing little sparkles around you. It's <laughs> getting weird. How are uh, you? Well, I, I'm disappointed to hear that's not how you always see me. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean in my head, but... I'm good. You know, I tromped through the snow this morning. It's, uh... Yes. It's the kind of snow that you will go blind from if mm-hmm. you don't wear sunglasses outside. You look like an idiot in the middle of winter or on the ski slopes or whatever. Ski slopes? Yeah, that's what they're that's called. That's what they're called. <laughs> I do a lot of skiing, you can tell. <laughs> Snow's bright. Yeah, it is. You hurt yourself on those slopes. Uh, but you might have guessed from all the hints that we left what we're talking about today. And uh, this episode's dropping in March, but I'm still calling it a Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> it's uh, one of my favorite movies from last year. Nearly the fave, I would say. Mm. It is Park Chan-wook's Decision to Leave from 2022. <laughs> And as always, we will be talking full of spoilies, so because this is a big mystery one, go and watch it if you haven't. You will thank us? You will thank us. (laughs) No, it's, it's a good idea to... It's... A very classic Park Chan-wook movie where mm-hmm. it's like, it is a mystery, but it's also like, once you, even if you go in knowing, I feel like you yeah. experience it the same way. It's a classic thing where it's about, it's a mystery plot, but it's not about the mystery. That's kind of how yeah. I feel about it. No, totally. Uh, so let's talk about what it is. Let's do that. <laughs> this is, I, I like this little subgenre of Black Widow neo-noir, where it's very <laughs> like, you know, it's right there in the name. It's what it sounds like. Yep. It's great. Uh, and our little, I took this from the back of the Blu-ray case, so hooray for physical media, as always. Uh, from a mountain peak in South Korea, a man plummets to his death. When Detective Hei Jun arrives on the scene, he begins to suspect it may not have been an accident, and that the dead man's wife, Saore, may know more than she initially lets on. As he digs deeper into the investigation, Heijun finds himself trapped in a web of deception and desire, proving that the darkest mysteries lurk inside the human heart. Dun, 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 but yeah. also, aww. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is very funny to, I mean, I guess it's like part and parcel with like a mystery. You're trying to, you're trying to market a mystery, but it's also like not that at all. Like the movie is very much more than those things. Absolutely. And yeah. I feel like 
the structure of that immediately like lets you know that yeah if you're prepared that's the to, hook yeah but that's not the movie like I feel like this movie is designed to be watched a second time mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. liked it the first time but the second time was uh I will say here and now this is my favorite Park Chan-wook movie Big Coming asterisk. Strong. Have not seen. Oh, fair. Uh, handmaiden, housemaid. Right. I forget what. No, one no, is. it's not the hand, housemaid. It's the handmaiden. handmaiden okay. Yes. Um, we so already did the housemaid. Who knows if that will get uh, dethroned? Fair. Um, but yeah, currently, currently my fave on after this second viewing. First one, like it's a convoluted kind of plot mystery thing that in yeah. the end you're like, ah, it wasn't the mystery that was important. Right. Really. <laughs> Yeah, you do you do go in like really trying to keep hold of all the details, but they it's obvious enough what the important details are that mm-hmm. by the end you're like, "Oh, okay. He figured this out. It doesn't matter how." And here's where we ended up. Yeah. yeah. And the structure of it is so blindsiding the first time around, like Yeah. You agree. There is a moment where you're like, ah, the movie's about to end. No, there is one Just full kidding. hour more. Yeah. You haven't gotten <laughs> through the second act really yet. Yeah, like, yeah. It is wildly structured, and I loved how that was a real rug pull moment. Like, if it had stopped where it feels like it, sh- quote, should stop, end quote, it'd be like a solid, like, cool little thriller movie. Neat. Yeah, it's such a it's such a more, well, I find this to be a very Park Chan-wook thing as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know... When you should have just stopped talking, <laughs> like one sentence earlier. <laughs> Can't help but feel like this is a. <laughs> I just want you to just think about it. Just think about that. I don't know. Just like mull that over in your mind. Just kidding. Um, it's like that. It's like just picking away at a thing. Like all Park Chan Wook characters do this. We're just like you should have left it alone. Yeah. You should have left it alone. Yeah. Uh, and and they never do, and it always ends badly. And this is just that I feel. And it's got two of those, like the pick away leads yeah. to a eureka moment in classic detective stuff. And there's the real detective ass moment in that first half. Yes, yeah. And then there's the sad moment in the second half. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> and yeah, just that you get both of them in here is just like, yeah, more bang for your buck. We got more eureka moments than we know what to do with. <laughs> two for one eurekas. <laughs> Come down to Park Jan Wook's <laughs> Discount House of Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. It is It is a very classic, like, wait, say that again moment mm. in the first half that yeah. leads him to, like, oh. And then in the second half, it is, a, like, I should, I can't stop, like, trying to investigate this thing and trying to, like, <laughs> really close the lid on this case. But So to get into some specifics, because this is the thing that kind of bowled me over the first go. The first watch, I feel like it's very heavily implied, like, oh, they're falling in love and all that. Uh, in that first uh, mystery portion while, For sure. while our detective suspects... They cook dinner together the, and yeah. they like go visit, you know, tourist places. And, yeah. and then we eventually get the reveal that she was just leading him on to cover her tracks, potentially. Unless... dot 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 question mark? Question, and that's the question mark that hangs over his head. But in, yes. at the very end, we get her saying that like, oh, pretty clearly, I didn't love you until you left. Yeah. And it's a like, oh, this is a real like ships in the night. Yeah, exactly. It's doing the hand motion of <laughs> ships in the night. <laughs> Say it for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Um the first go around I was like, what is she doing? Like it made no sense to me. It was like <laughs> I can see he is clearly an unhappy person. Sure. And so he's he just finding an outlet of some kind to obsess over. He's yeah. clearly an obsessive guy. He's got his weekend wife that he goes to visit and all that. 
but and that made sense but like i part of the mystery of like who tang wei is in this like oh is she somebody that would fall for this guy we don't know and it's yeah. all shredded in mystery but that's why the second watch works so much better for me where i'm like oh she's this is 100% manipulation and like maybe she feels a little sorry for him and that's why yeah. she like helps I don't him think with she's insomnia. in love with him yeah yeah, yeah. It just, it, that hit me so hard on the second go of it. Mm. Just that, that when he leaves her and then we jump forward, uh, 13 months years? or whatever. Yeah. That is so wrong. Like, I, uh, that is so embarrassing for that guy. Like, <laughs> yes, they don't let you not see him like grappling with fucking up that case. Yeah. D- was that enough negatives for you? Do you think? I followed it. I'm good. Good. Great. <laughs> I did. I lost confidence in myself immediately there. That was, that was embarrassing for me. Yeah. I feel him. Yeah, it's a very, like, and then you just have to sit with your shitty decisions, oh, and it's not even over, you yeah. know? Like, it's it's not even over, and you're just like, maybe I can put it in your past. No, you can't. You just have to leave those threads hanging. That sucks. Unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, talk a little bit about what goes into this movie, people-wise. <laughs> So, Who goes into this movie? Uh, Park Chan-wook mentioned directing. He's the triple threat. He's producing. He's writing. Uh, also written by Jong Soo Kyung. Uh, and this is the thing I like. The song that they keep playing in this, The Mist, he says that that's like the inspiration for the visual look of this movie. That like they started with that song. They're like, what if we had a thing that was set in a misty place? So this movie is just a music video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cute. Park Chan-wook fan cam. <laughs> Miss Chan-wook. With the little sparkles on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've got, I mentioned Tang Wei is in there. Everybody loved Tang Wei. Yeah. Uh, she is fantastic. Rightfully so, yeah. We've got Park Hae-il looking very sad. Uh, <laughs> a thing that I Shut wish up. I knew better, like I am not an Asian language speaker, but I can, if I really concentrate, I can easily hear the difference between like Mandarin and Korean. And like there's just a different uh, sure. setup of that. So like, I wish I knew better because there's so much in here about her Korean not being very good and how she speaks and yeah. how he speaks to her. I know. I wish yeah. I could like, yeah, intrinsically understand that because it's very cool and it, it really it enriches the movie. Mm-hmm. Enriches? Yeah, you're. <laughs> I'm barely an English language speaker, so I don't know that that's going to be a successful area for me. But <laughs> but things like he, he kind of teases her a little bit about his her use of the word solitary at one point and it becomes like their thing that they kind of like it's so precious yeah well and it's you know she's a chinese national who Mm. like immigrated to korea and learned kind of learned korean from like period dramas yeah so if you imagine someone moving to like england and only knowing how to speak from watching like Shakespeare. Bridgerton or yeah yeah yeah, oh, that, yeah no like right yeah like Downton Abbey like mm. that kind of thing yeah. you could see that just being a, like I don't trust this person but is it just because they talk weird like yeah. that's all you they have to sound go on insane they sound bananas why would you use that word yeah there's one part in the very beginning where she is brought in for questioning. She's the wife of this guy who just died. And she said, like, it's not unexpected to me that he died in the mountains. Like, it's a dangerous hobby, obviously. Yeah. She says, every time he leaves the house, and you can see this sentiment coming. Like, every time I leave, I, like, don't know when he's, if he's going to come back in one piece. Like, <laughs> that's the sentiment you're expecting. Yeah. But what she says is, every time he leaves the house, I wonder if this will be the time he dies at last. And he kind of, oh. the detective looks over and he goes, at last? <laughs> 
Like, like that is so sinister. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not her fault. Or is it? Like, it's, yeah. is it a slip of the tongue? Or is it, like, a Freudian slip? And then she starts laughing to herself. Because she's embarrassed, ostensibly, yeah. about her Korean. And, yeah. uh, it's so, it's so, this is, this is a movie that I will watch so many times for the rest of my life because <laughs> it looks amazing, which we'll talk oh, about. Yeah. But all these layers that, like, it's hard to pick up on when you're picking up on everything at once for the first yes, time. Yes, you definitely need to rewatch. Like it, the enjoyment only grows. Yeah, it's yeah. so dense. But uh, speaking of wives, we've got Lee Jung Hyun as a weekend wife. Um, <laughs> and there's, I really didn't appreciate her performance as much the first time. The second time, when you've got all the pieces and you know everything, she betrays that she's having an affair like immediately, like almost right away. Yeah, yeah like her like third line is talking about it, and she. There's this thing that uh, in a lot of... I'll talk about some interview stuff I found with Park Jamek mm. later. Um, lots of it on the, the new Blu-ray disc, which is very good. People should watch the hell of this movie. Yeah. Okay, um, done being a cheerleader for now. Uh, that sh- he is so great at, like, directing minuscule facial reactions to things. And I, I wish I, I should have written down the line, but I was so confident. Like, oh, I'll remember this two hours and 20 minutes later. I'm like, <laughs> no, no I don't. <laughs> I barely um, remember right now. But she's talking about him moving down permanently. And she asks him about it. And he's like, no, I can't really. I wish I could. Yeah. Uh-huh, but I can't. But And then she brings up June immediately and talks about, like, mm. this many end in divorce. And you can see on her face that she, like... There's something about there's like regret and pain that she's sad what she's doing, but it's so like it's mm. so much information communicate with like a half squint and like a bit of a smirk, but like sad smirk. I don't no. know, it's, See, uh, I I read that whole thing the second time around, knowing it as like she's following the exact same path as Heijun is, oh. where she's getting to know this person and like they don't hit it off right away but then the thing slowly <laughs> develops and suddenly she's calling him right away and you also don't know that it's a man yes you yeah. think it's presented as like a catty co-worker <laughs> just so funny which i love the reveal <laughs> is very funny we're like this is june like that extremely handsome man okay all right thought it was a model <laughs> And, like, I, I, I read it as, you know, he's too oblivious to see that the exact same thing is happening yeah. to his wife, like, a co-worker that she's obsessed with. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I read it, but I... No, I, I, that's I probably a more charitable thing. read. If Yeah, they're having they're on the same path. She's just, like, a couple minutes ahead, more or less. I think she's probably more self-aware, you mm, know? Yeah. Seems like it. More realistic. Yep, she's the science nerd. <laughs> Which is a very funny thing to call your wife of like twelve years. Like you are a science nerd. What are you talking about? Well, you're a violence you? nerd. Yeah, <laughs> you're a murder nerd. A I hate nerder. you. Let's have sex once a week at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the heart. Uh, and uh, filling out the cast, we got Park Young Woo, who plays uh, Tang Wei's second husband, <laughs> who I just think is a very good brain empty investment no specialist guy. Yeah. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't take it out of his name, but the the um, the two other detectives that Hadrian works with, right. his initial guy, and then the small town um, oh, yeah. detectives, both small town so detectives. funny. Yeah. I love both of them so much. They're so <laughs> great. great. No, not even comic relief, just funny people. Yeah. Yeah. When a so. first detective smokes two, like starts up two cigarettes simultaneously and like puffs out smoking right. him angrily yeah. is so funny to me. <laughs> uh, Very good. It's great. 
But uh, yeah, so that's our our starring cast, and I just want to get to it. This movie looks yeah. amazing. It looks so, so, so good. Sumptuous. And I mean, if you've seen other Park chan movies, this is no surprise, but this is the standout for me. This is mm. the one of the most aesthetically, just in how everything is composed, beautiful movies out mm. there, but how everything is blocked and how, how all the shots are set up too, like the most interesting looking interrogation scenes ever. <laughs> yeah. um, and the thing I was really surprised to learn is... There is so much visual effects in this movie. <laughs> I guess I'm not surprised when I hear it, but also it's like, oh. Like things like, where? if you look at the raw footage, there's no mist anywhere. 100% oh. <laughs> of mist is post-production. That's funny. Okay. All the snow is post-production. Oh. All the interrogation scenes with the focus shifting. That which, I could let's see. Let's dive into that a little bit. Let's do. Uh, all VFX. Like they're, Is that even possible to do physically? I don't think so. Not without doing like okay. some insane split like, diopter bullshit that I wouldn't understand. Quad diopter. Like you'd have to create <laughs> your own camera, right? Like, yeah. So the, the shot is, you know... You're looking at the two of them on opposite sides of the screen in the interrogation room across mm-hmm. the table from each other. Yeah. And behind them, you can see their reflections in the mirror. And over the course of the interrogation, the like her reflection will be in focus, but his real body will be in focus as well. Yeah. And then it'll swap to her real body and his reflection and then him both and her both I, it's crazy it's crazy and this is all within the same shot yeah is the thing it's a very long shot it's one of those things that like i didn't realize it at first and then i'm a i'm a science nerd so i came home and i was like well, this movie's so cool how did it look like this and i saw all these threads about how they did this one shot yeah and it is just so much this just feels like the reason park jan takes like six years to make one movie but <laughs> leave him alone. He should. <laughs> it, the way that they did it was they had. There's no actual mirror there. Oh, there are green screens where the mirror is with a camera in it. So all they they have four oh. cameras going, one for each actor's profile on the left and one for each actor's profile on the right. Sure. And then in post they're playing with. The oh, okay, okay. Phase right. and phase out, and it's just I, I. It's one of those like brain breaking like wow visual inventiveness so cool. It really, and it really contributes to this, like, sense of push and pull that's happening in the interrogation, where, like, yeah, he's technically in charge of the room, but you can sense that there's not really, she's she's hiding stuff, and not in a, like, sneaky way, just he's not asking the right questions, and he's not really getting at the heart of of stuff, and it really visually contributes to that. And I think it's great that he has a bunch of other interrogation scenes in the movie that aren't with her, and every one of those interrogation scenes looks ugly and boring. Like, they're just, (laughs) they're so static and, and, yeah, underwhelming compared to this other one that it makes, when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, I wish that we had some more interrogation scenes up front that'd be like, wow, this Mm. one's different. Yeah, but in sure. a way, it works the other way, where he, it that chasing the dragon feeling. Of it like, sets the tone, right? Yeah. yeah. Why isn't it like that one yeah. time? God. <laughs> the only other interrogation scene I do find visually really cool is when he has to drag her back in. Now yeah. in this small town, for but now he's on screen as well, and it looks like he's the one being interrogated. Yeah. Like the, your view of it is from the soundproof room behind the yeah. And what do you think about when he blocks the camera and moves out of out of frame? What do you think about I don't that know. Yeah, part? that that shot always it always like unsettles me a little bit cuz it kind of looks like he's trying to like 
get away with something. Yeah. I don't know if he knows the camera's there. He must. He, he yeah, for there. sure does because he steps fully in front yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell if it's uh, he feels so embarrassed and vulnerable that he has to mm, remove himself in order to get through this part or if it is a, like, I'm going to try to faux intimidate and it just does not work. <laughs> I think it might be the second thing. Like, he mm. has no edge in this interrogation yeah. at all. He has no advantage. The only thing he can do is, like, physically stand up, which is a thing you can do in a scene to make one character look like they're in control, right? But He's just, he like, unconsciously not. trying that. Yeah. Yeah. He looks know. so fidgety and, like, out yeah. of his depth. Which, sad. Yeah. Just so sad. He's supposed to be the cool ace from out of town. Yeah, the yeah. cool detective. Big city detective. <laughs> Um, and I should just mention, because I love both the, obviously the look and the music in here too, but mm. the cinematography by Kim Ji Young and music by Joe Young Wook, very robbed in nobody getting nominations for this for award stuff, but that's my little, that's my little rant One on that. best one. director at Cannes, I think. Oh yeah. So okay. there's that. Uh, yeah, but all the visual stuff, like the beach at the end, mm. that's, oh my God. that's two different beaches. Oh yeah. None of those rocks are real. 100% VFX. Oh. None of the color palette is real. If you look at the raw footage, what? it's just a regular sunset. That, oh, it looks incredible. It looks incredible. And this is one of those like, ah, visual effects when they're invisible, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. See, I really, my stupid ass was like sitting in the movie being like, you know, it just you can just tell when they film real <laughs> locations, it just looks better. Wrong. Incorrect. Yeah, the thing you that pay your VFX artists. Yeah, I was not that surprised when you know it's a VFX shot. And you're watching it. It's like, oh yeah, this is impossible otherwise. <laughs> uh, but all the mountains, all the um, the rocks on the beach feel like that really doesn't feel there. like something you should. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. At worst, you'd be like, oh, something feels a little surreal-ish in the setup if you're really aware of it but yeah, yeah just know. looks um, like a beach yeah it's amazing work it's three different locations i think that they used for that beach <laughs> it's very funny she's one beach no it looks it looks incredible yeah and like the mountain the isn't real thing. off the top that's all vfx right. stuff but that that one i feel like is the easiest to be like oh yeah that that was sure. vfx sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, well, i don't like heights and and this is a a rough one to watch for the first half. You're a real sourey. I am. Like <laughs> I'm not going to climb a mountain what? even to murder someone. I tell you that. And I mean, I just got a shout out. Best wallpaper in a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. period, probably for me. My probably. favorite oh, yeah. wallpaper okay. I've ever seen in a movie. Hmm. It's very distinctive. Yeah. I'm speaking, of course, about Tangway's apartment. Yes. With the wave, also mountain, blue and green wallpaper. I love this, like... I don't know. She is, for the first half of the movie, she has a lot of, like, red clothes or pink clothes, like, warm tone clothes. Mm. But as things go on, she shifts to this, like, green. She, the more you learn about her, it's more of a, yeah. a green palette. And that green wallpaper is very, like, I think the first time we see her in front of it, she's wearing something warm toned. And so it yeah, really Yeah, she's wearing flashes. something red. I can really... Right. Yeah. You can picture that exact shot. and Yeah, but it's just a very, like, it, that color is always lurking there. Mm. Yeah. Wait, I'm glad you said that because the thing I've really noticed this time when it does the time jump forward, she's again all reds and she's in red apartments. Oh, that's and true, it's yeah. very red. And then it starts to cool off again. Right. It yeah. just feels like, okay, hard reset. Now let's work our way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... I, I know I initially didn't recognize her when we did the jump forward, <laughs> yeah. and she's wearing a wig, so that's part of it. To, but yeah. <laughs> I do think a lot of the color coding is the reason why I don't, because it's like, yeah, who is maybe. this new person? And then she pulls it's back layers. It's a very layers. bright color, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I am a huge dumbass. It took me the entirety. <laughs> she pulled off a wi- the wig and I was like, oh, that person's wearing a wig. Wait a minute. <laughs> I would be fooled by Clark Kent is what I'm trying <laughs> to say here. 100%. Wearing glasses, new person. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. The other visual thing that I feel like, this is one of those things if I don't get how he gets away with it because it could feel so corny. But the uh, the clearest example to me is when Hey June's looking through the binoculars into Tangway's apartment and, uh, or I guess it's the Granny's apartment, and then he is in the scene watching her oh, right, and yeah. it's like, oh, this is what it's he's... sort of shoop him into the... Yeah, yeah he's kind of combination of what he's imagining and what he's seeing. And that could feel like a... Oh, visual trick. And it does feel like that, but it's just like, visual trick, now it's reality. Like, it just feels so... Yeah. I don't know how to how to articulate why it works so well for you kinda me. You kind of go, uh-huh, cute. And then just, like, keep watching the scene as yeah. normal. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, that scene in particular, it does a, like, very abrupt zoom mm. out in both cases. So it's sort of a transitional, like, it transitions you into the scene, and then you're like, ah, I've arrived, okay. Yeah. And then it's sort of, whoop, you out of the scene, so it does feel distinct. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's a cool bit. But her voice sounds like it sounds, it doesn't sound as if he's standing there in the no. room because he's not. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Yeah, I love that. that was, I, I will say here and now, while we'll get into some general Park Chan-wook stuff, yeah. but this was... The second Park Chan-wook movie I think we saw. So this was a real like, wow, the movies. And then you watch all of his other movies and you're like, oh, okay, oh. yeah, he's just like this. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> this is just a Park Chan-wook movie. So I came very late to the party. But mm, uh, now fair. that I'm there, I'm the life of it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I want to call out my favorite line in this movie, which is so like potboiler noiry. Killing is oh. like smoking. Only the first time is hard. Is so, so good. <laughs> goes so hard. It's such a like. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Full agree. And it's it's by his like his partner who's like this woman is like she's fooling you. You can't let her you know suck you into her <laughs> world. And yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. It's great. I he, love and it. this guy is just like drunk off his ass while he's saying it. <laughs> like it's not a cool line. He doesn't like deliver the line and then slam the door or anything he just like stumbles out to go piss in the alley like yeah it feels really like it's gonna be exactly a hard-boiled noir detective yeah. thing, and then it's just like sheds that skin to me it feels like that's what hey june's like world is and then he's yeah. being forced to like move outside of that it's kind of yeah. like oh girl She's pretty. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I I fully agree. It's definitely, like, again, not necessarily a surprise to anyone who has seen a bunch of Park Chan-wook movies, but very funny. Like, it's very oh, yeah. wry in, in that way. I, I really appreciate that about it. We've talked about this on the pod before, where mm. if it's just self-serious all the time, it becomes stupid to listen yeah. to. You don't believe it. But if there's, like, levity and people doing silly shit it becomes way more grounded, even yeah. though you'd think it would take you out of it for people to be like, cracking wise, but they're not doing it to the camera. No, anything, they're doing you know? it from one character to another because yeah. that's how a person would react there. That's, yeah. Yeah. I also love the humor in his movies. It feels so dark. <laughs> yeah, it's very like, you feel bad for laughing some of the time. The but... one that I always think of is, uh, to change movies for a second, but Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, there's a moment, and no spoilers here, I'll keep it very general, where a group of people are going to hurt a person, and they've all got weapons, they're brandishing. Like, oh my god, yes. They're, <laughs> the most, brand, like, the verb brandish was invented for this. The group is bristling with, like, blades, and yeah. And there's one, like, older guy 
that has got nothing in his hands. Just it looks like, like he has a little stick. Yeah, he's got a little stick. And the person next to him is like, oh, when I'm done, you can use mine. Like, they're just being like... Yeah. Oh, like, you don't have a weapon. Yeah, you, you can use mine when I'm done. I'll, I'll make sure that I don't, like, break it or anything. He's like, oh, no, I'm good. And he just takes an axe handle and puts it yeah. on top of his <laughs> stick. And he's like, I'm ready to go. The most <laughs> Final Fantasy-ass weapon in the whole group. Just an enormous axe head screws onto this stick. It's like it's so funny. Such a dark movie, but it's out of nowhere. I love it. It's great. <laughs> It you need it so much, and you need that little break mm-hmm. before you dive back in. Yeah, because Park Chan Wook's movies are so earnest. Like I don't, they're not self serious, but I feel like they're very earnest in how they treat all they're their. They're very direct. Yeah, maybe yeah. direct is what I mean. Yeah, because there, there's not, there's mystery and mystery around character, but everybody feels like a fully formed person, and then how they react with another person is very telling for a lot of stuff. And this is my way yeah. segue into the intimacy of this movie. Oh. Because... Gracious. This is a, like, the, the thing that I know I went into this movie thinking was, and what I think a lot of people expected, was, uh, like, Park Chan-wook's movies are very sexy and horny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very sexy. You did just a little shoulder shake there. I just want people to know. Very <laughs> sexy, very horny. Yep. And... This is like an incredibly restrained oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Well, and violent, too, right? Usually there's yeah, yeah. like blood everywhere. <laughs> Not here so much. Yeah, like all of the usual Park Chen Wookisms are very, yeah, very, like just so restrained to the point of you can feel like stuff wanting to explode out, and it works so well for that. But there's all these little moments that kind of add into it. Like the thing that I was really struck by this time around that I'm very aware of. Hey June has all of his pockets in his cool suit that he got special tailored. <laughs> that like uh, Saure, I f- yeah. just can't get tangled anime. Yeah, Saure uh, is very good at navigating and pulling stuff out of, <laughs> and his wife is very bad at it. His wife like can't find what she wants. Right, that's true. And is a little bit more violent about exploring. Yeah, she has to like drag things out of his pockets, and yeah. he's like, "Ow, what the fuck?" <laughs> Whereas she's just like accepting the stuff that she finds and seeking stuff. Like it feels very like, "Oh, this is a natural relationship." Versus yes, they feel much more natural together than he and his wife do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, little Agreed. things like that and mm. how comfortable they are, like, cooking together, whereas the wife that's is just, so like, precious. outside of the cooking area and that's yeah. the husband's space. Yeah. Yeah, he cooks for her as opposed to, like, when it's him and Sore, it's it's very much like, this is a team effort and we're both doing it and we both trust each other to prepare our parts and yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, that's... And it is very cute, weirdly, that cooking scene, like making very, dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one that's the big one, and it's very obvious, is the insomnia stuff where she's yeah, like sure. helping him breathe and helping him sleep. As somebody who is a recovering insomniac, that is such a like, that is such a vulnerable state to be in mm. that you have a, a suspected murderer potentially leaning over you is such a like, oh God, like. I not only do I not want anybody to see me like this, but this person kills people. Maybe yeah. <laughs> we can't quite tell. <laughs> kills romantic interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and he's you know he's trying to quit smoking because his wife is all that's on him about it. God forbid mm-hmm. she want him to live longer. But then Sarah is just like smoking while making dinner. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this is comfortable. Like I'm not being judged. I'm yeah. Yeah. 
just... I think that's the first time he kind of teases her about about her words too, where he's cooking something and he's like, "This is the solitary Chinese food dish oh, I know yeah. how to make," and he kind of like, and she's like, "Oh, very funny." The cheese goes, "This is Chinese food." Yeah, is this? It's it's good. <laughs> is this is Chinese food? Question mark. Yeah, they're just they're such a. Very it's cute. this is why I loved revisiting it because the. That's central. Like, they're clearly very comfortable with each other. Yeah. But it feels like it's out of nowhere. And... Mm, certainly the, the first watch. Yeah. And Heijun, like, clearly is looking for that. So that makes sense. Yeah. And Tangway is just, like, inviting herself into his life. And when you get the reveal of she's hiding evidence, she's trying, trying to... play to, him a little bit. Yeah. yeah ju- just so that she will get away scot-free. It becomes very clear. But then... In the absence of him is when she starts to feel that, like, oh, that was really nice. I did actually really like that. Yeah. I, like, it feels like she Stockholm syndromes herself into <laughs> yeah, kinda. it, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't know what you have till it's gone, you That's know? That's true, yeah. No, for sure. I think she was, like, faking it. Fake it till you make it, really, right? Like, <laughs> she was like, oh, this yeah. is a wonderful relationship. And then she looks back, she's like, damn, that was a really wonderful relationship. Oh, no. Yeah, now I'm stuck <laughs> with this dumb investor. This stupid idiot. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Which all leads me to, what do you think about the moment where he is, where Heijun is is scattering ashes on the mountaintop, ah. and she's walking up behind him? What do you think, like, I know that the implication for suspense time is, oh, she might push him. Yeah. But he just closes his eyes and is just standing there. What do you think is going through his mind at that moment? I want to hear what you think on this. I actually have a very clear opinion of oh, this. Nice. So first of all, it's one of the fucking tensest scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> like for a movie that's just very like languid, unfolding mm. kind of. There's not a ton of like suspense or like snap, you there's know, moments. Like crucial. an action scene and a half. Yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> one of the action scenes is like a guy has to climb a mat, like do outdoors work. Like that's you know. <laughs> But I really think, like, he's in such a shit place now, like, in his Mm. life, like, mentally, emotionally, physically, you know? He is, he's moved to this place where, like, even the, there's no sunlight. Like, part of the reason for his insomnia getting worse is there's no sun to, like, help his circadian rhythms in this place they've moved to after he fucked up the case. (laughs) And it's, it just seems like he wants to die or he wants to try and make atonement in like that ritualistic way of like i she murdered this guy and he wasn't a good guy but i Mm. let that slip because of my own self-interest and i have to pay the price for that push Mm. me off this mountain i really think he's ready yeah that's interesting i didn't think of that last part but i agree very much like i i know this is coming i want out of my life is kind of what i'm thinking of but i didn't think about the part of like i have to pay some sort of like repentance cost yeah well i mean the the meltdown that he has when he realizes that she tricked him is that (laughs) like his job is all he had yeah and someone got one over on him so easily and made him shit at his job that's all he had his you know he didn't have a good marriage he doesn't have a lot of friends that like spending time with him it's (laughs) it's just that and she fucked that up and you know so it's it's such a blow to him. Yeah. I think it is like, well, I can't even do my job. I'm worthless. Let me die. And speaking of it, let's, let's, uh, our wiener asking questions detective. I just want to shout her out again. She's great. Uh, <laughs> the small town detective. Small town detective. She's so good. Yeah. So funny. So, so funny. Uh, just want to shout her out before yeah. we get to the ending. The ending. The ending. Oh my God. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> 
Yes. So, I just want to talk, like, this is one of the most, I don't know, I'm going to read a uh, line from a reviewer here from The Guardian. Peter Bradshaw says, this is the kind of Hitchcockian film made by someone who hasn't necessarily seen a Hitchcock film before, which I think is (laughs) an interesting way to put it because it is like all Hitchcock movies are just about the suspense. There's not really much. He clearly doesn't care that much about his characters. He's just like, I'm going to make them bump into each (laughs) other. They're very arm's length. It's just to set up set pieces. And this is what this feels like, except it's so goddamn like fucking hammer on your heart as uh, (laughs) the like, let's talk this out. Let's talk it out. She is... Wanting to leave him with a mystery so profound that he will never be able to forget her specifically. Yeah. Because she thinks that's what he needs in order to be happy. Like, that's what is happening here, right? That's that's my read on it, at least. That's mm. how I feel about it. Mm. And also, she feels like a piece of garbage and wants to kill herself. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's extremely tragic. Like, she's the sort of Black Widow character, but also not. Because yeah. she... Like, you know, she immigrated to Korea, like, question mark legally? I think very illegally. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, she she's here, and that's fine. So, so she's in a very precarious position. Like, mm. she had to marry this guy because he was the only one who would take her in, but then he was abusive to her, and... Like, but she's also, she can't go back home because she's wanted for murder, even though it's, like, probably not really a murder. Her ailing mother, like, wanted to go peacefully, yeah. and she had these pills. And so it's it's just very, like, she's so tragic, and she doesn't have a lot of agency. Mm. And I think Decision to Leave, like, truly, the title is, like, I'm taking agency. All I can do is, like, the worst possible thing, but I yeah. can do it. I can decide to do it. Yeah. It's the decision part, right, of Decision to Leave. Exactly. That's the important part. And I like yeah. that you brought that up because, I, in his own words, uh, Park Janwick was mm. asked about the meaning of the title. And he said, it's the logic of knowing you need to leave versus emotionally not wanting to. So it's, it's not sure. exactly the same as what you're saying, but it is this, like, uh, I know that this is the one choice I have, so I'm just going to make it. Like, I got to make it. Yeah. Know. It's, like, barely a choice. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. I, I think that it is a, like, I hadn't considered that element of, like, she wants it to have an impact on him. Mm. Obviously, it's an extremely dramatic way to go. <laughs> yeah, God. If that's truly what happened. Um, do you think it is? I, I don't care for this, like, did she die? Didn't she die? I don't really care, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. No, I think that she went out. I don't yeah, think she okay. had, I think that she tried to move on past her abusive husband and was just like, oh, there's nothing for me. She's super fatalistic, it feels like, where mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I tried the one time, and clearly this is not for me, so bye. Well, she keeps saying, like, why do I keep marrying these people? Why yeah. are these people the kinds of people that constantly come into my life? Yeah. And, so, yeah. like, if that's all she's seeing, and then she sees this one, quote, good guy that she considers to be the, the sure. good guy coming in... Um, and that it will never work with him. Like, that that's classic. That's big operatic stakes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an opera right there. Yeah. The soprano yeah. is jumping off into the ocean <laughs> at the end of her big aria. Like, Drama queens. Yeah. Yeah. But I do I do think that that's... And I think the she's the narration over it of her being like, now, like, my picture will be up on your wall forever because you won't be able to solve it. Like, that level mm, of... Yes, true. At least one, I'll have made an impact on one person's life in a positive way. Yeah. Despite how fucked up that whole thing is. Positive question mark, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Actually, I feel like that's true. She's she's really obsessed with the photos and like he yeah. took like really nice, flattering photos of her on stakeout, right? Yeah. Little glamour shots and stuff. And I think she's just like, yes, I've I've occupied an important place in someone's brain. And going back to the to that part when he's staking her out for creepy reasons, um, and she's like kind of into it. That sets up this ultimate thing of like, oh, he's gonna be thinking about me with his pictures forever. Like, yeah. there's a bit of. Oh, look at the attention—not not attention I'm getting, but look at the look at the way I can influence a person. Like that's a really powerful feeling. I feel like, especially if you've been sure. the subordinate in a relationship the whole time. Yeah. Like, oh wow, this can be really good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's not, and this is a classic Park Chan Wook stuff of like, even if it is fucked up emotionally, <laughs> I like it, and I'm gonna pursue that. Because what else does she have? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. I also feel like there's a an important, you know, kind of duality of he's ready to die on the mountain. And yeah. she kind of moves forward and you think she's going to push him, but she hugs him instead. And I think she knows in that moment, like he's turned his back to her. He's done pouring the ashes over the side of the mountain. That's why they went. Yeah. He's done. And then he just stands there and closes his eyes. And I think she kind of realizes, oh, he'd die. He'd be happy to die here with me. Oh. I, I'm going to die. Not on the mountain, but in the ocean. Yeah. Which she, we get a flashback later that shows that she's clearly thinking about this already and maybe that's the final piece. Mm. Which, just to go yeah. back to the mountain for a second, uh, I love that we don't get an idea of her state because her little helmet flashlight is blanking at her face. It looks so weird. She looks so inhuman. She looks like the thing poster from the thing. Yes, 100%. <laughs> the face is just like a, a glow of light and yeah. that's it. It's very harsh. Yeah. And then it's just a black silhouette. Super creepy. Very creepy. And good. And also good. Uh, I got some general Park Chan-wook stuff I want to talk about. If... Yeah, let's talk about the guy. This is such a fascinating like example of his work. I, just, yeah. I, I would love to explore him it's, as a person. It's, like I saying, very restrained compared to stuff. Mm. But like, I want to get your read on... So I am a big fan of his movies now, having found them late last year. Again, I say late to the party. Gotta still check out some. Sure, sure. But I know what I... The thing that I really love about his movies is the visual storytelling. Mm. And I mean, this is the same for everybody, I am sure. But it's it's that he's able to take such disparate, interesting characters that could feel super made up or feel really <laughs> tortured for the sake of feeling tortured. Very exploitation-y. Yeah, yeah. But he makes them very empathetic and sympathetic and, like, you legit feel for them going through this stuff. Like, yeah, what what do you think makes a Park Chan-wook movie work? I personally, hmm. I'm Park Chan-hooked. Ugh. Are we going to end the episode now? Was this all a ruse just to get to that? Uh, yeah, this uh, whole <laughs> lead up was just so I could say that. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have some thoughts later on as well. Ooh. But I, I think it is that, like... You know, his movies are so, like, so about the violence, if you if you want to think of them that way. Like, that's they all have that in common. Mm. And I think it's just that, like, it's funny you think of them as so stylized and so visually interesting and, like, you know, meticulously composed in their ways. But he doesn't, um, maybe this is more to do with editing, maybe, but, mm. like, he doesn't shy away from showing violence happening to someone. Yeah. Um... And I think that's what the second half of this movie is about. Like, here is what happens to someone mm. when you do this to them. But, and in the, all the other movies, it's very, like, 
you know, for the sake of, like, maintaining the action or, like, inertia, you would cut away from a hit at a certain point or you would whatever, whatever. I, and it just doesn't. And that's yeah. what makes them very, like, memorably violent and kind of gory and, and unrelenting. And that's it's what makes not... them feel more grounded, I'm sure, too. Because it is, yeah. it doesn't, despite the fact that you're like, wow, I'm watching a movie because of all these visual things. But it's like, oh, he took a blow to the head and now he's writhing on the ground. And this shot is going on so long. So long. No, true, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's very, like, you know, the hallway scene in Old Boy. Everyone's mm. just like so tired. People would be shocked. You get tired in like 15 seconds of fighting. Yeah. There's no like unless that's what you do for a living. Like it's so hard. Well, <laughs> and I everyone's love... just panting and like you can barely get off the floor even if they're not crippled. Like it's it's very hard. Our one action scene in Decision to Leave of running up a side of a fucking hill <laughs> and then just being like <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> The guy's wearing jeans, I think, yeah. like that cop. Pulling out a knife, and they're, like, he's not even trying to knife him. They're both too tired. He's just grabbing he's at just the knife. He's just, like, <laughs> buying time by pointing a knife at him while he heaves. <laughs> just, yeah, the, his partner, cop, he's chasing the suspect, and you don't see what he's looking at, but he looks, like, at the path where the guy, and he just goes, Ugh! Yeah, it feels like you're going to get <laughs> this, like, it, dramatic reveal of, like, oh, there's a dozen guys, and you're going to fight yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, it's, it's just a, a staircase. <laughs> He smokes so much and he can't run. <laughs> and it is just that very, like, you feel what's happening to people's bodies all the time in these yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you the way that he introduced this movie, and I think how he introduces most of his movies. Mm. So, premiere is there, and, you know, you get up on stage and you say a few words. And the way okay. he introduced this movie was, well, I'm back again with another romantic comedy. <laughs> and he said, everybody Sir? laughed, and I don't know why. <laughs> Oh, the joke just gets better. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's as always, I've returned with yet another romantic comedy. That's what it uh -huh, is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and another quote. I mean, I guess. <laughs> well, this is how he sees his movies. Uh, quote, my films may look violent, but at its center, it's about love and romance. And I, I get guess. it. The violence is the conduit, but the inciting incident and the reason for all the violence is the romantic love of some kind that's happening. Yeah. That's like, fair. Works for Stoker, works for all the vengeances. Vengeances? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's so fucked up, sir. Yeah, yeah. which is a, an mm. extra level of like, what's going on in here? Are you okay? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Every picture I've seen of him, he's always like wearing tweed or something. <laughs> like he's just a very proper looking fellow. Yeah. But, but he huh. purposefully made this one and super restrained compared to his other stuff. Because he wanted people to see his movies, like this is bro, like the romance that he's trying to get in mm, his movies okay. is the central point here. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, it worked. I think. <laughs> okay. She's like, no, 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 no. Okay, here, here. How about this? You people like this? You freaks. <laughs> but he also, yeah, he he. I'm glad you mentioned humor early on because he's a big he's proponent. So funny. So funny. Um, but he says that it's the thing that he prioritizes the most in his writing. Really? Because it's the hardest thing to pull off. Mm, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first question he always asks people, and the first question he was asking people at the premiere after Rupert was, did you laugh? What did you laugh at? Did the audience laugh or was it just you? Because he wants to, like, <laughs> nice. know his big laugh lines. No. <laughs> so he doesn't sit in on premieres? Uh, I take it not. I would never be able to. No. I would rather jump into the ocean than... Yeah. Yeah. Combination of I've seen this so many times because I'm oh, working well, on it, I and bet, right? yeah. oh my god, people will perceive me. No run. <laughs> I wrote the music for a show, like a stage show, yeah, once, right. and it was 
it was all I could do. Like I was, I was also working the show, and I, I was like, I can't. You're playing I can't. the show, right? I played one time because oh, our yeah. bassist got stuck in China. From a <laughs> right. Flight didn't make it out. Yeah, <laughs> on the premiere night, drama for another time. But yeah, it's hard. Okay, fair enough. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> did you throw up? What parts did you throw up at? Yeah. But he says if he can make non-Koreans laugh, then he knows that they're like into it they're oh, invested well done sir yeah, yeah the, very much the first i think real like this is great moment is when they are at the scene of the first crime in decision to leave yeah and they're looking up at it and like okay we're gonna retrace like the steps and it's a fucking mountain so that they cut to this shot of like you know he's he's kind of grappling up the mountain on a on a machine like winching up yeah, yeah. but his partner is just hanging off him like a dog in a backpack just like <laughs> looking down at the ground just complaining bitterly yeah. the whole time so a very batman and robin kind of a shot <laughs> yes <laughs> it's really great yeah uh g willikers <laughs> gosh batman uh, but I wanted to take a moment to really briefly just talk about his inspirations in in how he makes movies. Yeah. Because... What's going on Yeah, in there? what's going on there? A thing that I think is very interesting is that he doesn't really watch or isn't really into movies. Doesn't he, seem right, but okay. Yeah, no, he said that he'll <laughs> watch movies and he just won't remember them. He doesn't remember most movies. Oh, he like me, for real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like us. Um... Yeah, that he doesn't think that watching movies is good for making movies. I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah. If you're a creative person, you don't want to like, oh, did I steal this shot from somewhere? Like, you don't, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't consider his movies visually stylish because he doesn't watch a lot of other movies, so he's nothing compared to. Wow. But he describes them as visually precise. That's like what he's, which sure. it's the same thing. But he said that it's the only way he can envision telling that story. Which, that's the best reason to so do like it. So, like, perfect filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay. he compares it to, it's just the same way you'd use a uh, rhetorical device in writing. Because he's a huge reader. He reads everything. Mm. And he's like, that's how you develop a visual style. Is you just read, like, crazy so that you have to imagine it. And you only you can imagine it. have to your imagination. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm blown away a little bit. But yeah, yeah all right. His whole thing is that the style has to tell the story. So, like... It's the exact yeah. thing as the style is the substance, which is the thing that I love. So yes. why was I not watching this band's movies before? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, again, not having gone to film school or anything. We're just two dumb people. Yep. We're just normal men, as it were. <laughs> and it, like knowing that that's what he's doing, but not being able to articulate why is also extremely cool. Like once you yeah. learn the craft, you're kind of thinking about the craft instead of the result a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. That's just like such a pure form of filmmaking is like mm -hmm. I can only think of getting this story across in images. That's what it's for. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, which I am so excited to watch the, like, I, other than Handmaiden, we just got like B-sides left to check out. But I, I this will be a guy that I go down the rabbit hole on everything with. Yeah. Because Agreed, it's one of these things, like, I feel like even one of his lesser critically appreciated movies, Stoker, is such... Mm. A, like oh gorgeous movie not only that but it's not gorgeous for the sake of being gorgeous it's no, because it exactly. expresses the feeling yes and, yeah yes 100 percent. the it's not the like 
this could be a desktop wallpaper, like of of gorgeous filmmaking, quote yeah. unquote. It's just like, wow, what a brain on that guy. Yeah. Like to visualize this and then put it like when yeah. are you thinking of the hair brushing? Yeah. The the daughter is brushing her mother's hair and it's Nicole Kidman, so she's got this like, you know, rich strawberry blonde hair. And it's segueing into a memory that she's remembering, and the hair as the brush kind of goes down it is like waving and then it becomes fields of wheat like imperceptibly i don't yeah. know suddenly it just is that and it was always that one of the Incredible. most amazing transitions ever ever seen but th that's perfect because like you could say oh that's the style of it no it's clearly daughter's hair brushing and she is re the hair is either reminding her or in her mind's eye it's going to that like it feels so it's triggering a sense memory yeah. and it's just like yes that's what would happen but to you your develop brain. your imagination like maybe you do think that like oh well we'll we'll do that but he somehow has the craft to back it up and like True. fuck yes you need the you need it. the craft yeah <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> it's so good yeah he really like it's not visuals for the sake of like yeah. I create visual movies mm -hmm. which is the stupidest phrase but you know what I mean <laughs> oh do you as opposed to everyone else I film my movies twenty four frames in one second <laughs> what so many frames <laughs> um, but his writing like his his actual like written inspirations. Mm. The only, he says the only movie he really remembers is Vertigo, because it's his favorite movie. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I believe the first time I Sir. saw this, I was just like, oh, wow. This and Vertigo, just movies about shades of green. Yeah. It's just such a, like... <laughs> shades of green and a woman who maybe is a, this woman or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The only other movie maker, he's like, uh, uh, Naruse. I don't know how to pronounce mm -hmm. it, actually. Japanese filmmaker Naruse or Naruse? Naruse? Yeah. Um, very sensual filmmaker as well. Hmm. Um, but his writing, he grew up watching or reading, um, I'd never heard of these, Martin Beck detective stories. Oh, okay. Written by, they're, they're uh, Scandinavian, I believe. So written by Maj Sjowal. Oh. oh, you don't have to take a crack at it. It's okay. <laughs> and I like this guy's name or girl, Perwaloo. 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 Um, uh, the Story of a Crime is either the name of one of the books or the series of it. Okay. Um, but it's following an aging police detective. Sure. Uh, and they're hyper heavy on social critique. Sure. We've just been talking about this like rise of like very Scandinavian, mm, like yeah. Nordic crime stuff and very bleak, cold, like antiseptic kind of feeling. Mm. And that feels very much like some of where Decision to Leave comes from. Yes, yeah. and so his the, the two jumping off points for the story were what if Martin Beck fell in love with his suspect sure. and the song, the Mist song. Those nice. are the two, the two big things. <laughs> yeah, that about, yeah. And uh, just a cute little, cute little Easter egg uh, in Hadrian's apartment is every Martin Beck book. Oh. They're, they're just like stacked <laughs> on his desk. Oh my God, what a dork. Such a dork. I have and to read about work. Afterward. I know. I was why like, oh, why would that? you do that? No, I do that. I get it. Um, <laughs> and his favorite writer is Kafka. Oh, is <laughs> Such a like, oh, yeah, trapped in your own destruction and the society destroying individuals. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. okay. Realizing too late what the system is doing to you. <laughs> All right. Fine. What a guy. What a brain on this guy. What a brain. Big okay. brain. Big brain guy. Yeah. So uh, that's all I brought for us for Park Chan-wook today. I love it. I am the guy who just discovered a thing recently and will make his entire personality about it. Someone uh, somewhere hasn't discovered it. I, yep. You you discovered it because someone was like, you know, you should watch. That's yep. it. Yeah, that's how it works. I made the decision to watch. 
I'm surprised I'm not doing more of those. I am. I, I'm, you keep coming up with new ones, and quite frankly, I'm astounded there's still words in the English language you haven't used to pun on this time. Well, they're so lazy, though. They don't even rhyme. Anyway, uh, I know that you brought something to discuss today. Well, yes, so I did. I so I have more thoughts on, like, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about Park Chan-wook. I was really curious, but I didn't want to, like, look up a lot about him, because there sometimes there's value in, like, projecting like mm. a, a person onto their work. Yeah. Sometimes there's not. And I didn't really want to, I just wanted to look at his movies because like you said, we've been kind of on a kick of them lately mm-hmm. after just being like, damn, these are awesome. <laughs> so I didn't really want to learn about him specifically to look into this, but it, Decision to Leave seems like such an outlier. And I wanted yeah. to really get to grips with like, why this movie from him, mm. knowing nothing about him as a person and just knowing about his like body of work. Yeah, okay, so, that makes sense. Right, so if I may, this this Thank is you. this is what I was looking into. Is like, why is this one so restrained? Like you say, so like within a boundary that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, um, yeah, like I feel like all of Park Chan-wook's other movies are like, if that restraint is there, it's when it's to it's to contrast other like upcoming or past violence. Yeah, or and something. when yeah. the restraint goes away, is the that's when the hyper violence comes or whatever, sure. and that just never gets to happen in this movie, which no. can feel unsatisfactory in a way. But I yeah. love it. It's, yeah, anyway. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's this. This is the thing, right? It's like almost certainly the first thing that'll come to mind when like the average person thinks of Park Chan-wook movies as, like, physical hyper-violence, right? Yeah. You've got old boy's hallway hammer scene. Yep. This, like, one unbroken hallway scene, which, like, sounds so derivative now, but that that was it. That, that was, was the one. The one. Yeah. And there's, like, the, the group confrontation in Lady Vengeance. <laughs> yeah. The neck break in Stoker. I'm so uncomfortable with that. It's, it's just so gristly. Oh, All yeah. of these things are, like, very... Very violent, very upsetting to know that a human body can do the things that happen to human bodies in his yeah. movies. You know? And there's like some level of fascination with it. Yes. Always present. Again, this like yeah. never cutting away, right? So they're like, and that's true. Like his movies are full of violence. Hmm. So, and Decision to Leave is not. And it feels like an outlier of his like the Park Chan-wook violence mm-hmm. brand, yeah. you know, TM. Um, in this one, deaths happen either like off screen or in people's imaginations, like in reconstructions of what might have happened. Yeah. And like you said, like characters' struggles really show up on their faces and in mm. the acting and in the little movements, right? There's no flashpoints in the same way. There's nobody gets brutalized in the same, certainly not the same stylish kind of way where that's the focus of what's happening, right? No, yeah. At, at most, you get a tiny flashback, but you're mostly just dealing with the result of it rather than the actor. Totally. Yeah. yeah, you don't see the act itself. And that's so much a focus of his other movies. And it's not here, really. So, but the, the, the thing that, as I thought about it more, I was like, the violence in his other movies are so personal it's very it's like in a really gross way it's very intimate stoker Mm. perfect example of that like for so many reasons right even like old boy and and you know lady vengeance sympathy sympathy for mr vengeance like very personal immediate intimate violence Mm -hmm. and it's not just like set pieces it's things happening to specific people the violence isn't like an act of plot it's it's just it's like a you know, it's happening to a specific person 
it's not it doesn't just trigger like an excuse to move the plot forward kind of thing no yeah it builds to it in a really yeah. organic way but yeah i guess that's why it would feel personal because you're like oh this is the yeah. only result that could happen yes yeah. yeah and so the thing i think about it opinion incoming but like <laughs> park's characters really choose violence very specifically yeah and it reacts with them and it transforms them and his movies mm, up until yeah. now and arguably including now are about ways that like ways that you can be transformed by violence the violence mm. isn't the focus the transformation is the focus right so all of his movies are actually these like amazing works of drama yeah oh yeah as well as like really intense action flicks right like and i feel like it's all predicated on the choice that they're making to like undertake this violence like it's all elected yeah. in that way yeah they choose they choose to do the violence yeah. or to react to the violence in a specific way but yeah so they're you know they're very trashy in their way but they're also like all of the trash is very character based oh yeah you know they're great for that and i think really decision to leave absolutely does fall into that category because we've got this like very classic park chinook protagonist (laughs) where they kind of started as like flawed but defensively so right yeah. like desu the the old boy is like <laughs> he's just like a guy who drinks too much but like he loves his daughter yeah you know he wants to go home for her birthday lady vengeance is she covered for a killer because she has you know she has a kind heart <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't kill anyone herself yeah. right um in Stoker, like, India is just a troubled teen. Like, she just yeah. hates her mom because her dad just died and her mom isn't sad about it. Like, it's it's a yeah. very understandable yeah. and thing And clearly to be. was close to the dad mm-hmm. and kind of resented the mom throughout life. Yeah, yeah, so you're like, okay, this person isn't making good choices, but probably for a good reason, you know. Mm. Hey June is the same, and, like, arguably Sorry is the same, where they're just, like, kind of trying their best. They're not particularly, like, warm-hearted, but it's not their job to be. They're just interacting with their world the best way they can. I, I love the moment when Heijun is chasing the the murder suspect and the guy pulls a knife. Yeah. And instead of bringing out, like, a, like, brass knuckles or something to hurt him back, he just gets out this chainmail glove <laughs> so that he can grab the knife yeah. and disarm him, right? I like that a lot. I like that a lot, too. That's a very funny. You think he reaches into his jacket very dramatically. You think he has a gun or something? No, it's just, like, defense tool. Anyway, so all those characters kind of started this way but over the course of the movie they like really go through a crucible of some kind or another right oh yeah sympathy for mr vengeance is just like this chain of terrible luck like yeah chain of deaths and like old boy obviously imprisonment and then like being further manipulated the the injustice of being manipulated even after that (laughs) and like lady vengeance and decision to leave both have this character realizing that they kind of let more people die because they didn't speak up realizing Mm. that like they didn't act and it cost someone else something the regret of inaction is is or of a lack of action is the thing right yeah and decision to leave in particular is really great because it's not just one event it's this series of like realizations of reinterpretations and regretting your realization and all of this right yeah even though the choices and actions that they have to make are really restricted they're still active choices by all of the the characters i feel like yeah and that yeah Yeah. violence is a choice (laughs) and so the the shitty thing about like park janwick movies it's good but like the, (laughs) the terrible part i suppose is that you don't, none of the characters necessarily come out of this transformation like a shiny new person. Yeah. You Sometimes it just like, 
rips out a part of you and you just have to go on knowing for sure you're never going to get that part back ever. Yeah, like at best you're just becoming a more base version of yourself. Like that's, at, best, at best, yeah, you're just at, losing a layer. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> Sometimes things just get worse constantly. Yeah. And like that's that's kind of, that is what's happening here for sure. Like the violence is just a tool to show how, like his movies are so good at showing the violence but then also the way it changes you and how it's a tool to like, show how fragile people are and mm. how unkind the world is to people who have that violence in their lives. Like, yeah. it's not about the violence, you know what I mean? No, yeah, because it would be very easy to start from a place of violence, and I guess Sympathy for Lady Vanish is the closest one that will get to that, where it starts out yeah. with a murder, kind of. Kind of, But yeah. it's just, check out the box this person is in, and how yeah. they tried not violence for X amount of time, or that violence wasn't in their heart or whatever until yeah. the the vice, you know, they were forced into it or it's not even it. forced, but yeah, yeah, it's the the wallpaper is the thing that I love about this movie because I think mm. it that is like this representation of the ongoing the like series of like violence by inaction. You know hmm. what I mean? Like you, it looks like waves from far away, and it's got that blue green sort of color that's thematically linked to Sore. And she mentions, like, wise people like the water, benevolent people like the mountains, which I guess is a Confucian saying. Oh, sure. It's sort yeah. of a, you know, be like water, brutesly thing, where, like, <laughs> the sea, if you're wise, you can appreciate how the sea is adaptable and fluid. And changing and moving. Mountains are stubborn and unyielding. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but then you look more at, more at it more closely, and it's also mountain ranges, right? And the two are brought together over a death in the mountains, and then, like, arguably, separated over a, a death in the sea. Mm. And... This so this like wallpaper in the back of her back like in the background of her life as well as this like her background is just violence all the time. It's always there yeah. even if it's not being drawn attention to or it's hiding. It's sort of hiding in plain sight, right? She's experienced all this violence. It's all in the past. Like mm. you could make a Park Jan Wook movie about what happened to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now it's just, it's cascading. Like, now the violence is a part of Hey June's life. And as, as a result, kind of his wife's life. And the mm. detective that he he partners with in the small city. And, like, you know, everyone around them. Like, it, it just never stops. Yeah, well, it's know? the... It's the um, killing is like smoking. It's only hard the first time. Like, once you pass yeah. that point, that's You've just your life. The, yeah, exactly. And you like, can never go back from that, right? She clearly was sad about having to kill her mom, but, like, she kills more people in this movie. Yeah. And she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and it's barely even, like, she kill, She like puts a woman, you know, to rest, arguably. Mm. But maybe as an act of revenge, it's hard to say. Yeah. With, like... The fentanyl pills that she she took with her and it's yeah, but he he never really like yeah. There's there's no way for him to turn off that like turn the tap off there. Yeah. Like his he doesn't learn from his mistakes. They just make him a worse person. That's yeah. all. Like he in an, in a different movie you might see him like this happens to him and then he might solve a murder in the new town and he's yeah. like learn from it or whatever right. But he. Not, not Park Chan-wook, he does not allow that. Like, he leaves, really, his characters with only one choice to still be a person. Mm. They'll just never be the same person. Yeah. And knowing that they are being forced to, like, become a new person that they didn't choose to be is, like, you know, they, they like, 
you could do the oh revenge doesn't work and and that mm. is kind of the theme of his movies the vengeance yeah. trilogy anyway but it's very like oh don't stoop to their level like vengeance doesn't solve any problems they're like i know that but it's all i have yeah literally, i have I to do something i cannot do anything else yeah there's yeah. nothing else in life for me unless i do this yeah, yeah exactly it's really it's pardon it again but it is the decision to do something yeah not the something itself that really mm. like turns the page for his characters i think and it's yeah. even if the rest of the story sucks ass for them and it does clearly for all of them but like that's i to me that's why decision leave fits perfectly in the rest of his work mm. it's like you might be making a bad choice but it's it's a choice. You yeah. did something, and that's ultimately, like, as a human person, that's all there is for you. Yeah, right? the confrontation of choice. Like, a clear binary, I feel like, a lot of it, too, where it's it's not like, oh, I could half measure this or half measure that. No, it's like, either you do this thing or you do that thing and nothing in between. Yeah, either you do or you don't. There is only one option. Yeah. You do it or you don't do it. And... If you Either don't do way, it, we don't got a movie. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Either way, like your life just sucks. And so why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. So that's, I, I think it's a perfect Park Chan-wook movie in that yeah. sense. I agree. I like I like how you expressed a lot of it. Because it is, it's funny looking all at all the press that he did for it and all the interviews and such. And one of the questions that always gets asked is like, so how come this one isn't as violent? You're usually the violence guy. And he's like, no, it's as violent. It's just not on screen. No, exactly. It's all, yeah. it's, it's not the something itself. It's, it's the characters deciding to do the violence. Yeah. That's the important part. That's what happens in all of his movies. Yeah. And he thinks that that's weird that people remember the violence where it's, it's the human drama of it that he thinks is far more interesting and memorable. There you go. Uh, Stoker, I just keep mentioning it over and over. Mm. That's the key one for that to me. Cause like mm, there is sure. that one scene you referenced, but like there's really not much violence in it otherwise. Not really, right? It's all implied, implied or it's, it yeah. happens off screen or from far away or, yeah. yeah. True. Which feels like it's the warm up for this one in a lot yeah. of ways where it's like, oh. <laughs> Just phasing it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Phasing out the blood. Little at little, little by little. Yeah. Gotta, so uh, I've talked myself into I should watch The Handmaiden. That's the, the big thing. <laughs> like you were do. ever not going to do yeah, that. No, yeah. It's just the one I'm having the hardest time finding. Fair. Please send us a copy of The Handmaiden. <laughs> So that's uh, that's why you know it baffled me a little bit at first, but uh, mm. now I'm fully convinced. And if you like the hyper violence of the other ones, you'll still like this. This is hyper emotional violence. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is very much so. <laughs> it hurt me emotionally. Yeah, the phrase they chose violence is about Park Chan Wook movies. <laughs> Actually, yes. Not many people know that. Yeah, that's why you come to this podcast for for quote, just facts. the facts. <laughs> Asterisk. Um, I think that that's a perfect... This might be your major takeaway for the whole movie. But mm. if you have any closing thoughts, I'd love to just... Those are them. Wonderful. I thought it had the air of a, your closing arguments. Period. <laughs> uh, so for me, I like... I love everything you said. The only thing that I'll add in is that a Down Bad Detective is such a classic neo-noir yeah, trope. Yeah. Uh, but I love this movie because it does two things that usually don't get covered usually femme fatales are antagonists and kind of is here but like sure. they are morally judged for everything and i don't feel like that's part of this movie yeah no agreed she is she's a tragic character and you can judge that part of her life but you don't judge her judge her individual choices no it's much more like oh yeah by the end it's like what else are you gonna do like yeah. like you were saying like <laughs> 
your choices in action or this one choice that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I love that part of it. And like we said, the, the she doesn't have a lot of agency, but she gets to be her own character who makes choices as opposed to a foil for the detective. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she works as both in this. Like the if it was just the first half of the movie, it would clearly not be this. But the fact that it gets to continue and she gets to choose her uh, curtain closing event. Yes. Whatever you call it. it doesn't feel like when she's not on screen, she ceases to exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you add to that that it looks unlike any other neo noir of this type, and it's just like yeah, that's this is its own perfect not subgenre, but just like. Black Widow, but they're good actually. <laughs> uh, visually splendor, splendidiferous. Splendidiferous. Um, good luck editing that. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, no, you can't because we referenced it. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I love that. That's that's what goes into because it's what I feel like. Other than the Park isms you mentioned already, that's what makes it different from any other story that's like this. I yeah. feel like sure. So that's what I that's what I like about it. Totally. Oh Ow. no, you hurt your bones. My bones. Hyper violence. <laughs> uh, and he just mastered the transition. That's just. Oh, undisputed. Yeah. For yes. live action, it's Park Chan Wook. For animated, it's Satoshi Kon. Satoshi Kon, yes. Those are my, my boys. <laughs> uh, you boys. Uh, but now it's time to take everything that we talked about and wrap it up in a nice little double bill package. Delightful. So I would love you to take it away and see what you paired with this little friend of ours. All right. Well, I'm going the route of like, you know, you have very few decisions available to you. Mm. It's a movie about two people who are in love and it's tragic for them. Yep. Uh, and... It's also very funny in the just like, this is how normal people interact and that's charming and we love that. I'm going to go with uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> a very toxic From relationship. 1969, yeah. But Where it's you're actually both like, good. get your shit together, guys. Come on. You can do this. <laughs> yeah. So it ends as tragically, you know, mm. as, as de Decision to Leave does, where they've really cornered, literally cornered themselves in a shootout. They know they're not going to survive it. So they make the choice to charge out and like die yeah. heroically, take charge of their own deaths. Yeah. You know? And I mean, Decision to Leave doesn't finish on a freeze frame, but it feels like yeah. it does. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to pair it with. Nice. I really don't have a lot to say other uh, about it other than those things are in common, which I find very funny. But it is just like, it's a cool movie to watch. You think it's going to go a certain way, but it really doesn't. It sort of plays with the genre. <laughs> yeah. In, the in third act switch of instead of it being 13 months later, now they're in Brazil. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like things aren't going the way they thought. And it's mm. just like disappointing. And what can you do to kind of turn that around? Yeah. And there's a lot of just making the bad choice over and over when you're being shown what the quote good choice is but like there yeah. isn't really a choice yeah the good quote unquote choice just it does kind of rob you of your agency yeah. so is it really a choice at all you know mm. and they've got they feature a song <laughs> that's right <laughs> i remember watching that with you and you're like raindrops keep falling your head starts playing and you look at me like what the fuck is like it's from this movie and i was like no that's not true and you were like it is, it is. like i have to go it lie was down. written for this movie this bone dry western bafflingly 
<laughs> yes. But it really adds a mood, and I love that. Yeah. I did not think you were going to go Western. That surprises me, and I like that. That's Never cute. count me out on going <laughs> Western. Yeah. Well, it's an inherently tragic genre if you really stop to think about it. So there that works. Yeah. Really, the like hard-boiled detective belongs to the past as much as the yeah. you know outlaw cowboy. So. And yeah, noir comes out of Westerns, as we've talked yes. about on previous episodes. So that all feels very organic. Yeah. yeah. It's Sweet. got that mix of like, this is very wry humor and like looks cool. Yeah. And I think if you liked one or the other of those movies, you'll absolutely like the other one. True. Yeah. There's some real fantastic, like Butch Cassidy and Sundance running up a hill away from the posse that's mm, chasing them with yeah. the longest zoom in the world yeah. over to another hill. <laughs> like there's some really amazing visual moments in that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Real like, ah, this is what filmmaking is for. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh. Nice. What about you? Well, me, I'm going with something that's very closely related. Uh, and it feels a little bit like a cheat because as I was doing research for this episode, I was like, oh, this movie keeps coming up that I already chose. Hmm. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Darn. But I did it first in a vacuum. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, like I said, think that. down bad detectives falling for the women they're investigating. Nothing new there. But I'm going with the one that showcases the femme fatale in a very overt and different way. Okay. Where it's playing with the trope of it. As a, like, you know that this is a femme fatale. We all know this. Sure. Uh, keeps you guessing on her whole deal until literally the last seconds. Um, and it's so stylistically over the top in Decision to Leave in a very, like, crafted, artful way in my movie in a very deliciously trashy way. <laughs> Uh, so excited. And they both have the most memorable, they're the two most memorable interrogation scenes I can think of. So that's why this is, that's the thing that locked me on into this in the first place. I am talking about Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct from 1992. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Michael Douglas really made a career out of down bad guys. Yes, he yeah. did. Okay. He is too horny to live. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a little guy. <laughs> Too horny to live. Yep. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen Basic Instinct, it's uh, a fantastic popcorn movie. Sharon Stone is the best. So good. She eats him alive. <laughs> there is no part of this movie she's not, like, the boss of. She is fully the boss 100% of the way through. So they do differ a little bit, but there's they're so inherently tied together. That's funny. And most people, I feel like those that pointed out the Vertigo references in here are also pointing out the Basic Instinct oh, references. Very, yeah. But you gotta let that piece of trash into your heart. Paul Verhoeven knows that... <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He, he knows what Americans need to see. He's the best. <laughs> he's my favorite non-American guy talking about America. Yeah, yeah. He synthesizes is, everything so well. Yeah, he's just like, you all want to see trash and sex, and I'm going to give it to you, and also you're stupid for liking it. Like, he's so... It's <laughs> so real like, yes, sir, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I can I be honest with you I as you said like it's a very famous interrogation scene I the dread that crept into my heart because I thought the down bad detective you were gonna start talking about was Batman from oh. the Dark Knight <laughs> I really I there's a moment of like I can't do this <laughs> I'm so glad you said basic instinct no that's so good it's such a trash one and it's just like this was meant to excite you and like yeah. Be like, late. whoa, what's going to happen next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think what people expected out of Decision to Leave going into it was a basic instinct. Well, totally. Yeah. Like, if you, yeah, if you think of this guy who's, like, 
He just does like really unpleasant, upsetting sex and violence. <laughs> yeah, that's what you would like. That's basic instinct in a nutshell. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Like the, they also like, it's been a while since I've seen basic instinct now, but I know mm-hmm. that it is so, like Park Chan-wook movies are so visually interesting to watch for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Yes. But they don't break reality. Um, like, <laughs> the the hair scene in Stoker that we referenced, that's a memory that's cascading over something. Sure, it's clearly a, yeah. The way that things are shot, people imagining things. You're seeing people's imaginations. All of that is very clearly like, oh. It's clear when that's happening. Yeah. There's no, like, and it was a dream. Psych. Whereas Paul Verhoeven's movies are like, this building makes no sense. Uh, why, <laughs> I'm barely sure if. <laughs> why is an interrogation room lit like this? Why is it set up like this? Like, every aspect of it is like, this is not reality. I'm showing you this is not reality on purpose to build up that artifice. But it is just, like, flip sides of the coin to me, where it's just... It's not quite maximalism, but it's something like that. It's something about drawing attention to the style of it Mm, to enhance your storytelling. Uh, Sure. I mean, it's it's very, like... Paul Verhoeven Verhoeven is an all-cards-on-the-table kind of a a filmmaker, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Will not if you sure don't get, get it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and then somehow nice. people don't get it, sometimes. and yet <laughs> humanity continues to astound. Yeah, but I figured that this should be paired. This Solid. my favorite new horny detective should be paired with yes. the classic horny detective. <laughs> yeah. The horny detective of yore. <laughs> nice, that's a great one. Yeah, yep. good so package. My, got my down bad detective. So you watch Decision to Leave, get all like hyped up on up in your suffocating <laughs> stuff, and then you let basic instinct let it all go whisk you away yep that's awesome (laughs) good pull yeah uh and i think that will do us for this here episode that i'll once again say was definitely a valentine's day episode in march trust us (laughs) uh you can follow us at gertbidge pod on instagram and twitter and uh please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice because we need more people to know that park chan wook is good (laughs) in case you weren't aware in case you weren't aware uh and please come back and join us next time for another pile of gartbidge oh i should have said make the decision to come back and join us that was me rewinding the tape fade it out we're done it's over (laughs) bye game over man game over wrong movie